JH. Sound. I like it. I still love our intro. Like, what this was, what are we at? 28, 27 episodes? We need to focus. But I like it. It gets me in the mood. Gets me in the mood to do the, the podcast. <laughs> that could have been really awkward. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need one of those soundboard things for you where it's like a boom. Was it? Wow. No, 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 like the no, dodgy, not that one? the dodgy oh, right. 70s Studio 54 music. Yeah, all right, I'm old. Okay. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, look, this has uh, been awesome, actually, because there's been huge response on social media to the reels and to the podcast in regards to stamp duty. Mm. And so much so, there's been some great discussions that have come out of it, a whole heap more information's been brought forward mm-hmm. uh, and handed to us. And I thought we might jump into it and cover off on some of that information uh, and really dive deeper down the stamp duty rabbit hole. And look, you know what? Particularly in Queensland, there's an election coming up in 2024. Maybe we can just completely eradicate stamp duty, make it an election issue. Sure. Let's go with that. Look, when we look at the data, when we go through the stats for Queensland alone, because I've got a lot of that, I think that you know most people are going to go, this is a joke. We need to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, so there's okay. So let's let's just go through the normal routine. We need to listen to our sponsors. Well, hang on, we go the JTM, JTM. Oh no, they can find out later. We're smoking briskets. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach everyone how to smoke a brisket perfect every time. Okay, now we're gonna do the whole. Let me see if I can get it right. Yes, that one. Ready to sell your home? Don't make the rookie mistake of jumping in blind. The first step on your journey is critical research. You need to know what your house is really worth to get the best deal. And that's where checkmyhouseprice.com.au comes in. With a free house price report, you'll get all the juicy market intel, recent sales data, and other must-have info to help you win big when selling your home. Don't gamble on your home's worth. Make checkmyhouseprice.com.au the first step in your successful selling journey. Visit us today and get your free house price report. I just have to say, for those people that haven't watched too many of these, you have no idea how much of a struggle it is for me to actually get the proper button where it needs to be. Yeah, 20, 27 episodes in, you've had the <laughs> buttons for, for 27 apps. Plus, there's a few special, I think we're at like ep 30 when you take into account the special apps. And then there's the ones where we recorded, re-recorded. There were only a couple of them. There was the, the one on the original on Stamp Duty the where I ran The buttons have all been in exactly the same the, place. The buttons have moved. they're even labelled. They're, they're labelled. <laughs> And um, I every, still every can't time. get it right. Every I time. still look at it and go, oh, I don't know. Which I have four buttons to choose from. <laughs> it's hard work. It is. It's hard it, work. it is so hard. Okay, yep. so revisiting stamp duty. Now, you've yeah. got here in the key points that we need to talk about is the REIQ, I was going to say award, no, plan, 
Yeah. Now, just one thing. Obviously, we are nationwide. So I know there's yeah. probably going to be people going, what the hell has that got to do with me if I'm in WA? Look, it's it, it has everything to do with everyone who's in a state that has stamp duty. Because is there the, any state that doesn't have New South Wales? Duty? Remember, we, we had oh, to talk about right. it. They're yes. moving towards uh, a land tax. Yes. Um, and I think that we're going to focus on Queensland data because that's what's been most prevalent and most readily available for us. But understand Queensland data reflects the rest of the country. Yeah. Right. It's the numbers change a bit, but in terms of the impact and, and, the roadblocks and the problems and the pros and cons, they're all pretty much identical. Mm. So as much as we've got Queensland data to talk about here, it's as relevant to Victoria, Tasmania, South Australia, Northern Territory, Western Australia and New South Wales as they they transition. I just wanted to touch on it just because I know that some people would say, well, like, how is this relevant to me? But um, REI is the real estate... REIQ is the Real Estate Institute of Queensland. There's yeah. one for every state. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but, so stamp duty. For those people who haven't listened to the previous podcast. That I think we've it was done it, 25 That we haven't done, well, that, let's say they haven't listened to it, but yep. they're listening to this one. So can we just, ha- can you just do a bit of a, re- a quick, quick rehash? Yeah, sure. So stamp duty is effectively the transfer tax that they apply on any purchase that requires a contract, generally speaking. So it is heavily focused on real estate, cars, things like that. Uh, With real estate, and it's an archaic tax that was brought in many, 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 many centuries ago, uh, purely because back then it was really, really hard to track you know, who owned what land and and to get taxes on that. So they brought it in at, at a point where if you transferred that land, that's when we're going to hit you for the taxes, right? Because mm-hmm. they could then actually collect taxes on that. Uh, fast forward to today, and it's literally a, a five-second job where, you know, the the people in the stamp duty officer, you know, depend, it's different for each state, but they essentially go, oh, the person who owned that property now doesn't remove their name, and here's the new person who owns that property, who is obviously the buyer, put their name in. And it's all digital, yeah. right? So it's all track digital. And they're charging a percentage of the price. So in most states around this country, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars for a clerk to sit there and go, delete that person's name, put that new person's name in. Mm. On the, and, and that's it, right? It is highway robbery. And it is an archaic tax that needs to be removed. And that now you're up to speed with what the gist of the last uh, EP25 was about. Though so I highly recommend going you know, and to it. You know what I would like? If, if there is anyone out there that isn't working for government, because I know as soon as you start working for government, they're like, no, you can't do any type of media stuff at all. Uh, but if you had worked in that stamp duty area of the government and you know the process, I would really like to know. Like yeah. I, I would be interested as to how quick a process it actually is. Like, is it something that is sat down and done for eight hours straight, or is it something that they like <laughs> go in, do like you know, twenty a day of copying, pasting, and boom, you're done. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I want to know saying. how quick I mean, the process look, it's, it actually it's government, is. So my money's on the fact that it's going to be an incredibly inefficient process. However, they do it, but it shouldn't be. I would still be interested. Anyway, so what what's the REIQ plan? Apologise to everyone, I'm I'm a little bit sick as we record this. Um, so five years ago, 2018, uh, the REIQ made a statement to the Queensland State Government 
it was October of, of 2018, and they came out and they said, look, stamp duty is archaic. Stamp duty is a massive roadblock to economic growth, and we need to remove it. And here's our plans. We, and they gave three options. The number one option was completely eradicate stamp duty. And they gave a heap of reasons, which we'll go into. Uh, they talked about at least, you know, anyone over 65 doesn't have to pay stamp duty because this would free up a huge number of houses and then no stamp duty on, on business transactions or, or corporate. I want to focus on option one because that's, to be honest, we should be removing stamp duty. Mm. There should be no stamp duty. And even five years ago, longer than five years ago, we have known that stamp duty is a tax that is a major roadblock to economic growth and has monumental implications. To give an idea... There's a 2013 uh, paper or study written by Australian economists, uh, Ian Davidoff and Andrew Lee, and they found that a 10% increase in stamp duty leads to a 3% reduction in property transactions short term, 6% reduction long term. That's massive. Yeah, well, considering the amount of growth when it comes to population that we see each year. Let's also have a look at this. Since they did that study... There has been a That's 59 percent so increase. So what is a, if a 10% increase in stamp duty costs leads to a 3% reduction in property transactions in the short Don't term, 6% in the long term, what does 59% do? Like that's how big a roadblock it is. And in 2015, Deloitte did a study. So they did the Deloitte Access Economics Report. And this is 2015. And they estimated as many as 340,000 property transactions do not happen due to stamp duty. So what that means is people go, hmm, you know what? I'm not going to sell the house because I don't want to have to pay stamp duty. So instead, I'm going to renovate it. Or they just decide to stay and put up with the home, right? So there are 340,000 transactions. Now, Mm. to put this in perspective... In 2021, we did 598,000 estimated property transactions, according to CoreLogic, and that was a record. Yeah. So if we look at that and we go, hang on, you're saying in 2015, back when the numbers of transactions were lower. Wasn't that 13? No, no, 2015 for the Deloitte report. 340,000 estimated transactions don't happen because of stamp duty, right? We add those numbers together. We're talking 938 possible, 938,000 possible Real estate transactions. So what this means, what this means is one in three people, technically speaking, it's actually one in about one in 2.75 or thereabouts. We want to get really technical. One in three people choose not to sell their property because of stamp duty. One in three. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is quite significant given the fact that what, you know, with the amount of people who are renting who could afford to actually pay if they – or had to get a mortgage if there wasn't stamp duty included in the the mortgage, like to go for a mortgage because obviously they're going to have to have stamp duty that's included in the mortgage in order to be able to purchase and Unless you're buying cash. But, I mean, stamp duty applies on a heap of different, different properties as well. So when we're talking about a housing crisis, we literally don't have enough houses. We're not building them fast enough. But, at but the if same stamp time, duty was actually removed, then the the ability of being able to borrow, which means more money coming into building, 
which means more jobs, which means the ability of being able to house more people and, you know, the snowball just keeps on going. Exactly. Exactly. We could... Now, stamp duty is not... It's not going to eradicate No, stamp duty is not the magic bullet. No. There's so many different factors that actually play into it, but this is a big But it is a big factor. So here's here's some more data. Stamp duty accounts for 24% of the state tax revenue in Queensland in 2018. That number's higher in 2022 and 2023 because property prices are higher. And remember, it's a percentage of the property price, right? But most importantly, the time to remove stamp duty is now because if you remember episode 25 where we talked about stamp duty the suggestion put forward to solve it we were playing with numbers we said i think it was a $1500 transfer fee set transfer fee $1500 a year property tax right and you locked it in for 10 years and what that would do is it drop the stamp duty total collection of stamp duty from about 9 billion to about 6 billion there was a 3 billion hit up front but that for every 37 and a half thousand new homes built it would increase stamp uh, sorry land tax revenue per year by $52 million, or sorry, $58 million per year, and also the transfer duty in yeah, by $58 million per a year. Lo- it would be a long haul. So it'll, be a, it'll be a long plan. There has never been a better time for the, Queen, the state of Queensland to take that hit because we have just completed a financial year with the largest budget surplus in history for any state government in this country and it is actually the fifth largest surplus budget surplus in history even at a federal level we have the money to do it and to invest in our future and actually but solve the, the housing crisis the in Queensland. Are opting not to well they because apparently they're there for the people <clears throat> They, they ignored, as far as I can tell and as far <laughs> like, as I can see. Let's just laugh at how ridiculous yeah, that no, is. Yeah, no, I right? get it. They they ignored the REIQ statement as far as I could see, right, in, in 2018. Of they did. Maybe, maybe they didn't, but it's just not well publicised. But I couldn't find any genuine sort of response. And instead, if you remember, over the last two years, they turned around and tried to apply a land tax to interstate investors. Yeah, so... And which meant that that would only further worsen the rental crisis. But not only that, it would also be shooting them in the foot as well, exactly. given the fact that you know southern well southerners, because normally they're the ones that come in to do the the bigger type of um, what do you call it? Yeah. Sorry, I just the, the heard that our vacuum cleaner. You heard our RoboVac was like, "Hey, I'm going to start like, cleaning." It's like, I, no, I don't have my phone with me. No. Um, Stop the robo back. <laughs> the joys of recording at home. Abort mission. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they would have they would have been shooting themselves further in the foot because the mm-hmm. you know the southern states as well as the western yep yeah you know, yep would be hesitant about investing in Queensland, which means that when it comes to Queensland already, that's, low and that's stock, why they scrapped it. They scrapped that those land tax because the the backlash was monumental. Oh, yeah. And, and mad, mad props to Antonia and the REIQ because they took the government's oh, yeah. task on that and held them accountable for it, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, she was very passionate about oh, it. Absolutely. And so she should be. It was, yeah. it, was, it was policy by public opinion and it was one of the dumbest policies I think this government has ever put forward. I think it just goes to show how out of touch they actually 100%. are with the people that they are supposed to be representing. 100%. 100%. Now... It's insane. There is so much data here that is like there's a federal treasury. The federal treasury has done a white paper. 
that estimated that stamp duty, duty, sorry, stamp duty accounts for forty five percent of the total cost of moving property. Could 45%. you imagine? Could you imagine if they were to put that type <coughs> of um, that type of money, even half of that money, into helping helping being able to move? So if they had it right, where if you're needing to move from interstate to somewhere else in order to have a job, yep. could you imagine? Like it the would cost. not. Ta- it would not. It would not take that amount of money in order to be able to support, you know, like. Well, look, Queensland just had a had a budget surplus of twelve point three billion. Twelve point three billion. I'm saying let's put three because here's here's the crazy thing. We built thirty seven thousand five hundred houses last year. So yeah. even if my figures if if my figures are on the low end at fifteen hundred land tax, right? So it was I think it was fifty eight million from fifteen hundred land tax per mm. property. Okay, if we and that's new properties. That's increasing by that, mm-hmm. right? So that number, the number of houses is obviously going to go up because there's incentive for the government to support houses going up, number yeah. one, no, right? Um, but if that was two grand a year, 50 bucks a week, right? that's two and a half grand, but say it's 40 bucks a week, two grand a year, mm. okay, was the land tax. That's an extra 25% on that number that I'm talking about. So we're now talking 70 million additional per year, mm. Right. So if we're at seventy million additional per year, that three billion in initial revenue losses, in stamp duty losses that we're talking about, would be replaced in less than four years. And here's the other thing with stamp duty, which would be less than what a government. It'd be about on on the government term, okay. just slightly over. Yeah, but here's but the other. But if you brought kicker. it in as a woohoo, look at what I did. But by the time that you potentially have your second term. Yeah, I'm just I'm just selling this to any politician that's like maybe I should do this because <laughs> maybe if you did you might actually get in. <laughs> well, just look, saying. I mean, there's going to be backlash because there's going to be people who have paid stamp duty who are like, but I've paid stamp duty and, and you know, so there needs this, to be some sort of. This is where I say, like, I totally understand it, but you have a look at all of those people, even when it came to, um, you know, okay. Example is, um, think about all of those kids who had gone for <coughs> their their license, their car license. The following year, they brought in a completely different way of being able to do it, right? So you have a look at it and you'll see that some people would have, like from one year to the other, there it went from having to have, what what is it? Something like 100 hours 100 or hours something now, like yeah. that. Whereas when you and I went and got our license, it was like you had to do a compulsory. I think it was yeah, six one-hour lessons. I, I don't think I don't think this is a fair comparison. No, I think all I'm all I'm saying right is that from one person to another, there's going to be some people go that go that's really crap that I have to do even more work. And in this case, that's really crap that I've already paid it. Well, so I think why you can give a stamp it, duty credit on why, that. Why? Well, that's the thing. Why not actually have it where okay? There's some incentive for the person who has already paid. Yeah. Right? And then the person, so that, because, I mean, you're never going to be able to please everyone. And there's always going to be someone that's like, well, that's unfair. Why? No, no, but what I'd do, what I'd do to try and make it as fair as possible is I would give a land tax credit to the value of that stamp duty less what the land tax for the number of years you've been living in the property to date would be. How would that work for investors, though? 
Well, because this investors paid stamp duty as well, so it it worked the same. Yeah, but if they haven't lived in it, and it's purely an investment property. No, for however long they've earned it, right? So, so owned, owned it. it. Sorry, owned it. So, for example, let's say you pay twenty thousand dollars in stamp duty, mm-hmm. okay, and stamp duty is two thousand dollars a year because nice round figures makes it easy to work. So, you've owned that property for two years. Yep. Okay. So, therefore, you pay twenty thousand in stamp duty. You've now got sixteen thousand dollars in land tax credits because you've been in the property two years. So $2,000 a year land tax yep. has technically already been paid. And that ticks off. So you've got another eight years left before you've got to start paying land tax. That's how I would look at it. And the government would probably hate that idea. No, but do you know what the government would end up doing? It's just going, no, it's okay. And then people would end up offloading their, their um, I wonder if that would actually work. Well, if you the sold minute you, it, if you sold it, sold it to if you sold it, the credit just disappeared. Right, and so then land tax immediately started getting paid from the moment the new purchaser stepped in. And that'd be the compromise, in my opinion, because then that way, if you sell it, right, that credit just evaporates. You can't claim it back or anything like that. It just evaporates. And the new person coming in starts paying the land tax. And that's that's how I'd go about it. Well, yeah. I mean... Yeah. But it's, it's not this like... Is a, this is a utopian kind of thought process. Let's, see, you're saying utopian, but I'm saying it's common why, sense. Oh, hell, okay. You've just put politics and common sense together. <laughs> I get what you're saying. That's that is is literally that. putting the North Pole and the South Pole of magnets together I, and going, how come it doesn't stick? I get it. I get it. I get it. But, you know, if we, if we look at this, it's not like we don't have the space to build new houses as well. It's yeah, I, right. Look, Australia I, is the sixth largest. No, I'm giving this stat for the people listening in. Australia is the sixth largest country in the world by geographical area by landmass. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're the 55th by population. Mm-hmm. We have got so much land, and I get a lot of it's arid, and, and that's a terraform it. Right, the, the greenies will hate me, but terraform the damn thing, turn it into forest, but make it usable. Uh, but that's hello. that's a story for another day. Uh, America's built a yeah. whole. City yeah. in the middle of a bloody desert. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I mean that's vague. They did that so you could go gambling. Yeah, no, but all I'm saying is, it it was done what back in the fifties. Yeah, pretty sure it could happen again. No, look, and <laughs> the other thing with stamp duty that that boggles my, as a business person, mm. it boggles my mind. Mm. Okay, stamp duty is unreliable revenue mm. right now, and and for the last ten years, the Queensland market's been up and up and up and up and up. And house prices skyrocketing, skyrocketing. Well, all so markets, it, technically. All, all markets, but Darwin's gone up and crashed. Perth's gone up and crashed. No, no, right? no. I'm, yeah, but it has it crashed below or even with I must admit, I haven't it, looked at Darwin, but it was it was pretty carnage there for a while in, in the West and the all, North. All I'm saying is that it's fine to go, <coughs> it's gone up and then crashed, but when you have a look at it, the crash, is it in line or below where it had started to the baseline? Of yeah. that peak, do you know I, what I mean? I must admit, I haven't looked at that. I know, I think Darwin did plummet below its its baseline for a while. Yeah, I think Perth did as well because they're they're reliant on mining and tourism booms. Yeah, in in a large part. But the the fact of the matter is, stamp duty is not actually a reliable source of income because it fluctuates, and it can be prone to those fluctuations and dips. At the same time, it has a significant risk to economic growth and to slowing everything down. It is a massive, massive roadblock. Well, and there's been numerous you, studies on this. Do you think it could potentially even be played into 
the way of population control. No, because like, that, that, that wouldn't I, make sense because they're pushing for immigration hard. They're pushing for immigration. But remember when, um, well, we would have been in our 20s, so this would have been a solid 20 years ago, roundabout, where, um, you know, getting the, the baby bonus, that has actually decreased all of so, and that okay. was actually put in in order to encourage people to procreate yes so because all i'm saying is that could this be a potential of we've stuffed up because we've made it harder no. to actually no. house people no, no. so therefore They've, okay so the population doesn't actually want to grow so we have to rely on immigration in order to grow our population no as because opposed the to baby the like <sighs> People had more children as a result of the baby bonus. Yes. Um, that definitely happened. Our population is growing. But they didn't do it fast enough. And they didn't do it enough, right? It wasn't enough to... Because what happened, the reason the baby bonus came in, it wasn't the airy-fairy, hey, we're going to help you take time off work oh, and God, all that no, kind of stuff. It wasn't that What it all. was is a very highly qualified and respected, and I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, socio socioeconomic... De- demographer or something to that. Basically someone who studies socioeconomic and demographics, Mm -hmm. right? Came in and did a study in Australia and went, you guys are in trouble in 20, 30 years time because you've got an aging population at that point. Your workforce is going to get depleted. You need to produce a lot more babies because otherwise you're screwed, right? And so that's where the baby bonus (laughs) came in. They just needed uh, pre-COVID. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> there was like, a lot of babies being made. <laughs> and that's it. They, they were like, look, you need to produce more babies. Otherwise, your workforce is going. You're not going to have a workforce, yeah. right? And so we produced more babies, but we still didn't produce enough. And hence why the immigration is coming in. But that's been handled in isolation to how are we going to house these people, right? There's all of these studies that are showing like Queensland's expecting a population of X amount, New South Wales expecting a population of X amount, Victoria's planning for a population of X amount. We've got to build, Victoria's got a plan right now to build 80,000 new houses a year because they expect the population of Victoria to increase to 8 million by 2030. Right? 80,000, like, I'm sorry, 80,000 yeah. houses isn't enough to be prepared for 80 Over million. 10 years, it's, it's 800,000, right? And so yeah, but they, they all know this. Let, There's okay. very few actual plans Let's that are helping look. address Let's this. Let's have a look at what is something that here in Australia is quite honestly crap. When it comes to planning, oh, any type planning, of planning, shit. Yeah. It, it is crap. So yeah. the amount of times that, you know, oh, we've just done a massive estate, housing estate here. Oh, whoops. We didn't think about how many people are going to be moving in there with cars. So now we have to make roads bigger. And it's just like, hold on. But you knew yeah. that that land was there. Yeah. You knew that so it was that, potentially that going to be council, housing. Right? Yeah, council but that's set what the I'm building, saying. That's, um, that's what I'm saying. When it, uh, come, when it comes to planning yeah. and thinking ahead, Australia is crap. Yes, absolutely. And this is why we're in the problem we are now. It's and not going to get any better. That's, if we can, that's the if thing. we can remove, getting back to the point, if we can remove stamp duty in favour of a land tax, we can incentivise the government to actually get better at building houses and accommodating the population. I think it have. also comes down to the fact that there isn't any politician that actually has the balls in order to do it, purely because they're too worried about being the most popular person in order to get in the following term. Yeah. Uh, instead look, of instead of going, you know what, this is going to be really unpopular, but 
this needs to be done in order to help. I think I think the biggest issue we have with our politics is they're all career politicians. And there is there is a quote from one of the Roman philosophers or generals, or maybe it was one of the Greeks, but the quote, quote effectively goes, any man who desires a career in politics should be banned from office. Because yeah, the not- moment the moment you uh, strive for that as a career, you are no longer acting in the best interests of the people and no. for the people, which is what your role is. Yeah. You are acting in your own self-interest. And if that aligns with the will of the people and the needs of the people, that's fine. But often it doesn't. Yeah. And you'll do whatever it takes to maintain and elongate your career. And I think we've forgotten that philosophy. I think we've forgotten that quote. And I think we, we need a crash course in remembering it. Well, and our politicians should be of the people I from the people. I can't say that there's really any politicians out there at the moment. And you know what? I'm That are wanting to... Oh, it's Go against cesspit. the grain. It's a cesspit. Why Why would it, the average person, why would you or I or anybody listening to this actually want to go and be a politician? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I need to say this too. This is not me saying that they're bad people. What I'm saying is that the choices that they make in the career that they have chosen is not a true reflection of what the people that they are in there representing – it's not a true reflection of what should happen, what needs to happen, or what the people need. Yeah, and, and what they want. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway. We just broke a cardinal rule and got into politics. Oh. Let, but anyway, look, let's make stamp duty an election issue. Get rid of stamp duty, get voted in. Yeah. If, if you're a game, if you if you want to keep stamp duty, vote them out. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying that that is actually a topic when it comes to... I'll make it a topic as far yeah. as I'm concerned. This is true. All right. Rampage. Let's, let's go on to the... The uh, JTM, so let me find... Oh, there's the button. Took a while. Let's see which rabbit holes we're going down in this episode. It's time for JTM. It's J-Thought Moment. It might be drinking whiskey, pork, pork, smoking meat, podcasting, story writing, treasure hunting, you name it. What's really great right here, singing, playing TV shows. As you can see, nothing's off limit. It's JTM. J-Thought Moment. JTM. What will be... I uh, just just quickly, if if they haven't been able to edit out my coughing in the background, I do apologize. I'm just quietly dying here. Yeah, we'll do it quieter. I'm trying. I'm trying. I even <laughs> muted my own mic for a time there while I I, I died slowly. Yeah, but you could he- probably hear it on mine. Anyway, yeah. so you and your meat. My, everybody loves my meat. Smoking the perfect brisket. Yeah, brisket and I haven't always had a good relationship. No, there was a couple when you first started that were really. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you really liked chewing on an old leather boot, yeah, yeah, yeah. His brisket was the way to go. I had a fifty percent hit rate across the first four briskets that I did. I think it got to a point where I just turned around to you and went, "Can you just not?" Like I feel that it's just wasting. It's wasting money. Yeah, yeah, wasting money, wasting your time. But then, then wasting good food. Well, potentially could have been good food. Yep. No, this this lovely this lovely lady at the butcher of, of our super IGA took me aside and said, "This is how you do it. It's easy. Do it this way every time. It works perfectly." Mm. And I'm about to share her secret that she's given to me with everybody because this is how you do a brisket, hot and fast. Forget the low and slow, 14, 16 hour rubbish. So she was a, she worked in the deli, didn't she? Yeah, she worked. Uh, works. She goes between the deli and the butcher. Yeah, at the at the super IGA. Clearly, Mount- we spend way too much time at the super IGA to know this. At Mount Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
We have to do a slight shout out because she's the one that's revolutionised your brisket. Well, that's it. I mean, we had <laughs> the brisket yesterday was amazing. It was. So it's actually really, really simple. I don't know how we're going to get to our 10 minutes, you know, minimum for JTM. We'll with stop this. talking about it and just say it. All you need to do, right, is you put your smoker on, barbecue, whatever, at 150 degrees Celsius. Get it up to that temp. Prep your brisket however you want to prep it, right? Typically, I use either Worcestershire sauce or I use a mustard as a binder, and then I put my rub over the top of it. Put it in the smoker at 150 degrees Celsius for two hours, regardless of the size, just for two hours. Obviously, if it's a 300-gram brisket, this is not going to work for you, but I'm, you know, the one we did yesterday was 3.8 kilos, and we followed this. After two hours, wrap it and get the double strength alfoil stuff, the stuff from Bunnings. Like there's no double strength alfoil that you can get from a supermarket that's going to be suitable. It's so that people understand the alfoil, even the the double strength stuff that you get in Woolworths, just... It's terrible. It It's still really flimsy. It's this, really flimsy. This stuff yeah. is like... Um, I think it's, hem- it's it's like hammered steel, so <laughs> it's it really really thin, but at the same time it's thick given yeah. what it and is. It, and so when when you it's like, like a, wrap it, it it's it, sort it of clings. like the the bottom of um, an, an alfoil tray. tray. Yeah, it's slightly it's thinner and more yeah. bendable than that. Like it's it's more permeable, uh, not permeable, flexible. Yeah. Um, so wrap it. It's I think it's the Matador alfoil at, at Bunnings. From, from, from memory, memory, that's yeah. what it is, right? Um, Wrap it, put it in, keeping it at, back in at 150 degrees Celsius until the internal temp of the brisket is about 98 degrees Celsius. Or the other test, which is the test that I've started using now, is when you probe it, when you insert the probe, it should go in like butter. If it's going in like butter, it's ready. Pull it out of the smoker, put it in an esky. So I'll line our esky with just a, a towel, like a bath towel or something like that, swimming towel, whatever. Put the whole pack in the towel, wrap with the towel, esky lid on, and leave it to rest for about an hour. You can leave it for longer, but about an hour is probably the sweet spot. Pull it out, carve it up, perfect brisket every time, does not fail. And since using hungry. this method, since using this method, I have done six briskets. Every single one of them has been perfect. And when you consider my first four, it was a 50-50. You can look at Sian's face. She's like, oh, God, that was horrible. That yeah. was a nightmare. Shut that was up. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And it, that's it. It's that easy. And look, I know it's hot. It's the hot and fast method. Like it still takes you a few hours. It's the hot and fast method. I know that there's How a... How can you call it hot and fast if it's three hours? Because the traditional low and slow method of cooking brisket for a 3.8 kilo brisket's anywhere from 12 to 16 hours. Yeah. And that... Yeah. Okay. So that explains as to why they were rubber boots. Well, no, you're cooking in a lot lower temp too. Yeah. And so there's I mean, a lot more... Even, there's a lot more margin for error. So even the way that you were doing the lamb... Mm. Like, he was doing the lamb, just so that you guys, he was doing it the low and slow method, I take yeah. it. Yeah. And the one thing that I love about lamb is when you take it out and it's got that crispy skin on top, the crispiness of it is what I love. And he was bringing it out and it was chewy. And you can't, like, I feel that it's just such a, a sad thing for a lamb <laughs> to be chewy. You don't yeah. want chewy lamb. No, I get it. I get it. And, and I agree with you. Look, I, we'll, we'll talk about a, a really good lamb rub in an episode coming up. But um, yeah, no, I the way that I fixed that was instead of going low and slow, um, 
I kind of went hot and fast, but I also opened up the grill plate on the, or the, the flame broiler plate on the pit boss. Mm. And so I then flame roasted it as opposed to low and slowed it. And then that fixed it and you loved it. Yeah. So that was perfect. But yeah, so that's how you do your brisket. Nice and easy every single time. Cool. Yeah. Talk about big topics. Yeah, well, the stamp duty one went for a while. So yeah, got to finish with some good meat. All right. Well, on that note, See peace ya. out.